Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a topic that will make your selling process infinitely easier, less time-consuming and frustrating, and improve your close rate drastically. Let's get started. You have a small B2B business. Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for a, just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day today. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of always having an exit strategy frame of mind in your business, and regardless of where you are, whether you're just starting out or you've been in business for many years. Today, I want to talk about the difference between marketing and sales. If you don't understand the difference between sales and marketing, it's tough to do either one of them effectively. You know, Up until recently, uh, I, if you'd asked me, I really couldn't describe the difference between the two very effectively. You know, I kind of, in the, my mind, I thought, you know, marketing was advertising, promotion, all those types of things. And while that's true, those are really specific topics. It's, but what they all have in common is what they do. So before we go further, though, I'll, I'll want to give you kind of my definitions uh, of what sales and marketing are, just so you know where I'm coming from. I, I think that marketing is really about changing beliefs and preparing people for the selling phase. And then sales, that's just giving someone a reason to act now after changing their beliefs. You know, you may have heard the um, old uh, hook story close concept uh, where, you know, hook is just getting their attention, which is marketing, telling a story, which is changing their beliefs, marketing again, and then closing, which is just creating urgency and a, with logic and a reason to act now. And that's what sales is. So let's look deeper into these. When it comes to marketing, you know, you can have great sales skills, a great service, but if no one knows about it, you can't sell them, obviously. And so the important thing uh, when you're trying to market to someone, uh, to your prospects, is that what you're trying to do really is create an identity shift, change their beliefs about who they are, uh, what type of products they purchase, what's important to them, all those kind of things. And because people have a lot of false beliefs that may be broken down in order to prep them for the sailing process. You know, um, before they go on to the sales process, you know, you want them to be pre-qualified. You want them to be predisposed to buy. So how do you do that? Uh, first, you need to focus on getting their attention. So, you know, an example that, uh, you know, if you're on Facebook or whatever, you know, people scroll, scroll down and, you know, as you're scrolling through it, you know, something jumps out of you and you, it, it gets you to stop and look at that particular post. You know, it may be a weird or unusual, uh, you know, something that some headline or a graphic that gets your attention. And that's, you know, the first step of it. Um, you know, another example, uh, if you're, a YouTube watcher, if you've ever scrolled through YouTube videos, you know, a lot of them are, you know, uh, has the main person in the video with some crazy expression or something really wacky. And that, again, jumps out at you. So your mind goes to that and, and you start thinking, oh, you know, maybe there's something I should look at, you know, and even in a more um, B2B sense, you know, the opening of a phone call, you know, I once heard a speaker uh, talk about how, and he was a, a phone co-calling guru, you know, we talked about the, how the first 15 seconds when you call somebody, they aren't even hearing anything you're saying. So you have to slow it down and make sure that that 
first sentence or two actually isn't critical to the conversation because they're not hearing it anyway. Uh, but the second aspect is to very quickly grab their attention with a hook and give them a, a reason to look, you know, to listen to you and listen to you tell the story and listen to you start to uh, figure out how to change their beliefs. And only at that time, then you can start the selling. Another example would be this podcast. If you've looked through any of the titles for uh, some of the episodes that are in there, you know, sometimes they're pretty cryptic and, you know, they don't really tell you what's in the episode. And that's actually on purpose because you're trying to get somebody's attention and go, wow, um, you know, I, what is that? I don't even get it. You know, what's he talking about? And that gives the curiosity that wants you to learn more. So, you know, attention getters, uh, what you're looking for is a, is a pattern uh, interrupt, as Tony Robbins would say, or uh, a way to break the pattern in their mind and get them thinking uh, and wondering about what you're talking about and will their ears perk up and that sort of thing. So they, you know, the second part of that uh, phase, you know, the, of marketing is storytelling. And, you know, I think most people know that the best salespeople are usually great storytellers. You know, my uh, five-year-old is a great storyteller because she's a very imaginative little kid and she can just make up stories on the fly and they make total sense, you know, from a five-year-old's perspective and she can just go on and on and on and um, I don't think she's going to have a problem being a, a great uh, salesperson later on in life if she wants to. Now, my eight-year-old is a little different. Uh, she struggles with coming up stories to tell. And that's always been, you know, a weak point of mine. You know, I would consider myself a, you know, decent salesperson, average, you know, not a superstar by any means. Um, and it's because I have the same issue. I have to constantly think about stories and be able to how to tell them and that sort of thing. So it's a constant skill that I work on personally. You know, so what I've found for me, uh, you know, is to find good stories and sort of document them. And then you can reuse the same thing over and over again. You know, sometimes we feel like, geez, you know, I've told this story a hundred times or whatever, and you're definitely bored of it. But you have to remember and keep in mind when you're talking to a prospect that they've never heard it before. So it's brand new to them. So I think that the kind of structure I like to use in, in my stories is kind of a, uh, you know, I was in this situation, or even if you can use somebody else's situation and you know, I took this action or whatever and found out that this is what happened. So, you know, in, in reaction, this is what I did and it got result X or whatever. So let's talk a, a little bit about selling and what that entails. Uh, you know, the first two parts of the hook story close are really marketing. And the second, uh, second part of the third aspect closing is selling. If you've done the hook and story part of it effectively, selling really becomes easy at that point. If you encounter resistance in the sales phase, uh, all you need to do is go back to the marketing mode and because clearly they still have false beliefs that, that haven't been addressed uh, either by your story or something you've said. So, but let's say you've uh, changed their beliefs and they're kind of ripe and leaning towards buying, you know, from an emotional standpoint, because that's where all sales starts. You know, there's really two parts of a good sale that's getting them to emotionally want your product or service. And then backing it up with some kind of logic so they can justify their emotions. You know, in P2B, I think there's a common misconception that emotion doesn't come into play into, you know, um, decisions. And, you know, if you're selling a $30,000 computer system, you know, to a corporate uh, executive, you know, it makes sense that, you know, this is business and, you know, um, they're going to evaluate the numbers and features and benefits and compare you to the competitors and all that. And while that's true, um, th their emotion does play a part of it. You know, it may not be the same kind of emotions that, you know, a consumer in buying, you know, uh, a widget online or whatever will be because they want it because it's exciting or whatever. But, you know, they 
in B2B that people do still have emotion involved in it, but it's just different. So they may, you know, want to feel good about that. They've made a very good financial decision. You know, they may want to have their ego that they were able to purchase the best for their company, or they, you know, want to show off to their boss and their coworkers and get them to approve and think that they're smart for making a good decision. So there really is emotion behind it, even in B2B. And so after you get the emotion out of the way, then you have to give them some logic to justify moving forward. So this is the phase where most salespeople fail. You know, uh, I mentioned a couple episodes back, uh, I read a study a couple of years ago that said something about they, they polled a, a wide variety of salespeople in different industries, everything selling low-end stuff up to high-ticket items. And, you know, most of them uh, admitted, you know, I think it was 70-something percent that they had a hard time asking for the order, uh, which is, you know, sales 101, but it's a lot harder to do. And the reason it's hard to do is because they haven't done the other stuff, the marketing aspect of it first to set up the sale. But regardless, you know, um, even if they do ask for the sale, you know, half the time it's sort of a half-baked, you know, you wouldn't want any, would you? So the other aspect to closing at that point is you've got to come up with logical reasons to buy now. You can't just, you know, say, okay, you know, you're emotionally excited about this. Do you want to buy it? You know, it, we all have, you know, emotional reasons uh, for things and we want to buy something, but the, the logic kicks in at the last minute, keeps us from, you know, moving forward on something because we're, you know, we can't justify it to ourselves in our brain. And what, you know, that's where you come, but buyer's remorse comes from. So you really need to come up with uh, some logical reasons that they need to buy now, you know, and it's, you know, at the same time, it creates urgency. And so, you know, you can do things like, you know, this quote's only good for 48 hours. You know, if you buy by X date, you get 10% off, you know, the opportunity is going to be offered to their competitor if they aren't interested, you know, things like that. So, you know, looking at both of these concepts, sales and marketing, you know, why does the difference uh, between them really matter? You know, I mean, I hope it's obvious from some of the stuff we've talked about, but if you sell without marketing first, it's, you know, a very tough sale. And I've done it plenty of times and you're most likely going to get only the laydown sales at that point. But if you market effectively and, but don't give them reasons to buy now an urgency and actually ask for the sale, you know, you've just changed their beliefs, you know, just enough so they can go to your competitors with the new beliefs. And, you know, they, all you need is closing at that point. And basically what you've done is given your competitors a, a laydown sale. I hope this gives you some ideas and little clarification that I know that uh, I didn't have until recently. And uh, I really think this is an important aspect of the selling process. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur and don't do the sales yourself, but you have a sales team or uh, you're actually the one making the sales. You know, you have to keep this process in mind because it's really the only way to keep some of the pain out of selling and make it more effective and improve your close rate and therefore improve your sales. So I hope you found some value in this today and uh, hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. Now, I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years uh, in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.